Thanks for listening to the ODI podcast, covering inspiring stories of data use and impacts around the world. I'm Anna Scott, and this is one in a series of podcasts about standards as part of our research and development program. We're joined by Juan Pane, who's technical coordinator at the Latin American Open Data Initiative, and he's on the line from Paraguay. Hi, Juan. Hey, how are you, Anna? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. <laughs> so if you wouldn't mind just be beginning by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about the organization you work with. Okay, so I'm Juan. I live in Paraguay. I uh, have a technical degree in computer science. I am an engineer in computer science, actually, and I have also a PhD in computer science that I did at the University of Trento in Italy. And now I'm currently working with uh, several affiliations, one of which is the Latin American Initiative for Open Data. And in Spanish, this is called Iniciativa Latinoamericana para los Datos Abiertos, or in short, ILDA. So with ILDA, we do many stuff. ILDA is a think-and-do tank, more or less, that we try to, well, focus on, on issues that could help us uh, have a better quality or a standard of living via the use of an analysis of open data. Yeah, we do several stuff with several projects uh, in several areas, open contracting, gender equality, well, many other open data related projects. So my role there is basically to try and see how technology can help make a difference in each of these areas that ILDA supports. Okay, brilliant, thank you. And what kind of standards have you been involved with developing or supporting? Well, in developing, so one of the earlier stuff that we did in ILDA was the development of a, I wouldn't call it a standard, but a data model, let's say so, for the analysis of data related to dengue. Dengue is um, a disease that is a vector-borne disease that is transmitted by a mosquito, and it affects basically half of the world population, according to the World Health Organization. And the problem is that there are scattered initiatives in order to try to do something about it. And the data that we as researchers normally have access to, it's very messy. So what we try to do is try to understand what sort of data would be needed in order to do a proper data analysis, modeling for purposes of predictions, for instance. So if I wanted to predict where would be the next outbreak in a particular city or a neighborhood inside a city, then I would need a lot of historical data in order to train the prediction models. Uh, having access to these historical data is pretty hard because all the publishers, which are normally the Ministry of Health or of different countries, publish this data in PDFs or in JPEGs and images or, uh, or in, in very rare cases, even in Excel files. So what we did there is basically try to understand the supply of the data. And then also we did a huge research on what is the demand of data that is needed in order to actually accomplish what we wanted to do, which was like modeling, for instance. Uh, And is that research on demand different for each domain of data? So each kind of different area that you're collecting data on? 
Uh, yeah, normally yes, because it will depend at least on, on the stakeholders that you have in mind. Different stakeholders would need different kind of data and different formats and for different purposes. I mean also the fact that, uh, for instance, for reporting purposes, you would want to have the number of cases for of dengue yearly or monthly, and that would be okay. But if you wanted to do an outbreak prediction, you would want to have a daily or weekly data. So depending on who your, your users are, you would need a different level of granularity of also data. Time wise or, or also geographic wise. I mean, it's not the same. I, if I predict the number of cases of dengue in a city, like Mexico City, I, I wouldn't be able to use that to actually do something about it. But if you can pinpoint a specific block or a set of blocks in a city, the actions that you could take in order to prevent that outbreak to actually becoming an outbreak are more, well, sensitive, let's say so. So that's one of the things that we were working on, which is dengue. Um, Another area that we're working on very much is open contracting. So in open contracting, we initially were not involved in the development of the standard, but as a user. So the standard itself was born out of a World Bank initiative around 2013 and 14, I think. In that time, I was tasked in Paraguay of creating or, or designing the open data initiatives for the public procurement office here in Paraguay. So researching on doing some research, I came across a standard and I thought it was a very interesting way of publishing information in a very useful and interoperable format. So we started implementing that standard very early on. Well, one thing led to another, and now as ILDA, we are also part of the Latin American Help Desk that supports the implementation of the Open Contracting Data Standard in all Latin America. Uh, and in there, it's actually trying to understand how we can implement the standard better in, in different situations, in different countries or different levels of, of government, be there at the federal level or at the city level, and also how do we support users making sense of, make, make sense of this data that is being published by different publishers, let's say so. So we support not only the publishers, but also the users. Yeah, and, and applying a standard in, in different uh, countries or different levels of, of the government is very challenging because each of them have their own regulatory frameworks, which makes a standard very hard to implement because uh, in, in a particular place, a particular attribute might be called uh, in a particular way. And, and in other place, this particular attribute might be named in a different way. So in Spanish specifically, this is very challenging for implementing the standard in Latin America because for instance, the word tender, which in English is fairly like standardized, in Latin America, it's called either o llamado, licitación, o concurso. So it has many names depending on the country that you go and try to implement that. And that makes the standard and the issue of localization of the standard very challenging for us. I can imagine. 
so you said that you were predominantly a user of the open contracting standard to begin with. Do you think that your, yeah. your insights as a user has affected how you work on it in development? Yeah, very much. <laughs> very much because I'm part of the support unit that actually supports the implementation of the standard, but I was also on the other side. I was the user of the standard first and that it helps me a lot to understand very quickly the needs of the publishers and and have a, a consideration on how this data that is going to be potentially published uh, be used, which I, I think is a plus. I mean, normally what happens is that you have a set of people that pushes for the usage or the implementation of a standard, but they have no idea on how this data is going to be used. So as I said at the beginning, uh, I'm also part of many other institutions, one of which is the National University of Asuncion. So I'm a professor at the university and I'm also a researcher there. So normally when I help publishers publish their data, especially related to open contracting, I always also have in mind how I would like to use this data in order to do research or how some other researchers or students could want to use these data. So I think that's very important and, and often this is overlooked. Normally we focus a lot on trying to implement the best standard, but the best standard not necessarily is the more compliant one, is the most useful one. And, and defining usefulness is very tricky. Yeah, of course. And how would you say that you successfully engaged with a community to get a standard adopted? Well, normally, I mean, you need to understand why the publishers want to publish their data first. And if their motives are honest in, in the sense that they do want to publish the data because they want this data to be used, then you can successfully start trying to engage with the community and bringing together all the possible users or actors or people affected probably by, by the publication or, or by the data inside the publication and then ask them what they want to do with this data or how this could improve their way of working. One of the things I think that is also, especially for the open contracting data standard, that is often overlooked is the fact that we normally tend to think that the users of the open data coming from the government are the citizens or, or the researchers. What I saw in the previous five years, more or less, is that the primary users for open government data are actually people in the government itself. I mean, having the possibility of analyzing your data coming from a procurement system in a very uh, orderly manner and standardized way it's very useful for many of the institutions that are part of the government itself. And as I saw, this is super useful for understanding how things are, are working or, or how things can be improved inside the government itself. And then you can also, of course, have the citizens say how they want to use this data and bringing together the users with the outsiders perspective, if I want to call them something, I mean, the, the users not from the government and users from the government 
to the same table, not just publishers, but users from the government is very, very useful. It's very interesting, the, the dynamics that you see there. And I think that's something that is often overlooked because normally what happens is that you have people from the government meet people from the government and you have citizens meet with citizens and some of them with the government. But having them to sitting together, uh, it's, it's very rich and useful. Okay, brilliant, thank you. And lastly, so far, what are the benefits that you've seen from the, the standards that you work on? In the case of Paraguay, the fact that there are all the contracts from the government are published using the standard, but also using their own web uh, portals in HTML format, which is not the standard because it's at least the open contracting data standard uses a JSON format, led to many interesting stuff. For instance, one of the things that happened very sadly in Paraguay was that uh, the roof of one of the schools where like children were studying fell on top of the heads of the students during classes. And these were children from like 12 years old or something like that. So because of that, there was a big scandal in Paraguay uh, because that particular school was uh, supposed to be repaired via contract that the media later on found out that was already paid. So in theory, that roof was already fixed, but that never happened. So after that, what happened was that the media started analyzing all the other contracts that had the same characteristics, let's say so, that you have to repair some schools and these uh, contracts were paid, but the schools were not actually repaired. That led to a big scandal in Paraguay and added with many other stuff, led to several changes because of the fact that the information was available, you can actually start doing this and asking properly, knowingly for your rights. Mm. Otherwise, we wouldn't have known that there were other 10 potential schools that were in the same situation, right? Yeah, yeah. I think those sorts of stories are the ones that matter. The, the, the commitment should be one that uses the publication of the data published in a particular standard. That That's actually what is more, more important than the publication itself. I mean, data is not an end on, on, on itself. It's just a mean to another end. So this, the adoption of the standard is, is, of course, important because you end up with a tool that you probably didn't have before. But what can be achieved by using that particular tool is what is more important to me. Well, I think that's all we need. But thanks so much for taking the time. Juan Pane, thank you for joining us. Okay, no problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the ODI podcast, covering inspiring stories of data use and impacts around the world. This is one in a series of podcasts about standards as part of our research and development programme.